Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies here today. It is uh, an honor to have you with us today. Now, would you begin uh, with me in praying together? Let's come before our Heavenly Father. Gracious God, ultimately you are the one that we turn to for all of our greatest needs, for forgiveness, for mercy, for grace, for all of the things that, we weigh, that weigh heavy upon our souls, we bring those to you and we come to you because you are the giver of those things in your son Jesus. And yet it seems for everything else, God, it seems that your plan was to bless your people through the gift of the one that we call mom. Now, for many of us, we recognize that our mothers are the ones who nurtured us, who developed us. They provided a safe place. They provided a place of comfort. God, for these ladies, we give you thanks. And God, we also recognize that your word helps us see the significant role that women play in each of our lives, whether they are our moms, our grandmothers, our aunts, our sisters, or mentors, or friends. God, for these women, for these ladies who have played such a significant role in our lives, we give you thanks today. And now, God, we want to acknowledge that everything we experience on the journey of faith, we find truth for that path, for that journey in your word. And so, God, we want to turn our hearts to your word today. On a day when we celebrate mothers, we want to turn our hearts to you and to submit to the truth of your word. God, we acknowledge that your word is truth and it has everything we need today. So minister to our souls through the reality of your word, God. Give us eyes to see it clearly. God, we ask for ears to hear it clearly and then from humble hearts before you that we might live out the reality of your word in our lives in the week ahead. And we ask this humbly in Jesus' name, amen. Well, church family, today on Mother's Day, we are going to jump right into our text. We're going to jump right into the scriptures. And what we're going to find is we're going to find a story of two women who lived out just exactly what we prayed about. Two women whose lives were more rich, two lives who were more full because they had each other. Because one was involved in the other's life. So Luke's gospel is where we're going to find our text today. And it is part of a standalone message today. This is not part of a longer sermon series. And while some of us might be able to say, well, you know what, if it's just a one-off, well, then maybe I don't need to pay as much attention. No, 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 actually you do. Something that every woman here needs to hear today, of course, but it's also something that every guy 
every male who is seeking to follow Jesus faithfully, this text has something for you as well. So let's begin our journey by grabbing our Bibles and turning to Luke's gospel. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. Now, as you're turning there, I want to uh, set the stage for you a little bit. What's important for us to know is that Luke, the author of Luke, is a physician. And so that means that he is an educated, insightful individual. And he begins his gospel right at the beginning of the gospel, verses 3 and 4, he kind of sets out the trajectory of what he's writing. He says, having followed all things closely for some time past. You know what that's like saying? That's like saying, I did my research. I've followed it closely from that time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. That is a person. That you, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. So whatever it is that you've been taught, I want you to know that I've done the research and I'm going to give you the details. So with that made clear, that is Luke's desire in this moment. Let's examine the first chapter, picking up our text today at verse 39. Now as you're turning there, Luke 1 verse 39, what we're going to see is the amazing story of two women and how that interaction, that relationship matters to you and to me. So let's go. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. It says, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you, young woman, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Continuing on in verse 46. And then Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate, he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. We're going to pause right there. 
Now remember, Luke's focus is to provide an accurate account of the background of Jesus and all that Jesus would accomplish. That is what's captured in a gospel. That's what a gospel is. It's the story. And so Luke starts where we all start a story. We start at the beginning. Don't start in the middle. Don't start at the end. Luke starts at the beginning. So Luke introduces us to two women and both have a very significant story to share. But make no mistake about it. The central focus of the story is the reality of Jesus in the womb of Mary. The ladies are important in the story, but it is the child within the womb that we really must focus on long term. But for us today, for what we're considering today, we have to pay attention to that powerful interaction, that powerful interchange that Mary has when she meets with her much older cousin, a woman named Elizabeth. Now, what we read in that text is very interesting. Because what you see is you see opposite ends of a spectrum. You could say it's a paradox of sorts. We're confronted on one end, you have a teenager. On the other side, you have a very old woman. On one side, you have a virgin. On the other side, you have a woman well past childbearing age. And yet both, both of them are miraculously pregnant by the power of Almighty God. Almighty God did that which we see in the text. That's what God is up to. You might say, well, what is there for me to learn from this powerful interaction? I mean, it's two women, one young, one old. They're both pregnant. What does that have to do with you and with me? What can we take away from this story that might influence our faith journey? I mean, what does it look like for you and me? Let's turn back to verse 39. Dig in a little deeper. It says, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's stop right there. Something wild is happening as Mary enters the house of her cousin. The baby inside the womb leaps. Make no mistake about it. There is life in the womb. We see it right here. What's happening is there is a physical, joyful recognition that Mary is pregnant and that Elizabeth is pregnant. There's this joyful recognition. You might say, well, wait a second. What does that mean for me? You keep talking about the story. How does it connect with you and with me? Here's where it connects. God is at work. God is at work in this story. God is at work in affirming in this both familial and female relationship that what he is doing is amazing. It's amazing. Perhaps you are here and you've read that story so many times that it kind of causes you to uh, yawn a little bit. Don't allow that to happen this morning. 
What God is doing is incredible and it is significant. And it has benefits for every person here today. Now, the first of the three benefits that Christ followers have, and you and I engage in community with what we see going on with Mary and with Elizabeth, is that in relationship, you and I experience God differently. When we have that kind of relationship, there is power in community. There is power in the beauty of God's people, the church. You see, we gather, we sing, we declare truth, and we pray all as the community of saints, those who believe upon the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. That is why you're here. You gather as the community of faith. You gather as God's church. This is why faithfully coming faithfully participating in your church is absolutely vital to your spiritual growth. You say, well, pastor, that sounds a little self-serving. It isn't. Here's what I mean by that. It is not because when I stand on the stage or Pastor Kevin stands up here and we proclaim the word of truth that every time you walk in here, you hear something pithy and profound, probably not accurate. It's not that Jacob and the worship team every single week have concert-level musicianship every single weekend. Probably not true. And it's not that every single person you meet when you walk into our doors is overflowing with the love and the joy of Jesus. It's probably not true either. You say, well, wait a second, Pastor. You just kind of threw yourself under the bus. You threw Jacob and the team under the bus and the whole church under the bus. Yeah, kind of. And yet, all of those things, when put together encourage you and me deeply. We are encouraged deeply by each other because of the reality of our holy God as he meets with us in community. I'm going to give you a little test here. You know what I just said is true, and here's why. You can listen to a preacher who's probably a whole lot better than me. You can just go to a podcast, find your favorite preacher, and listen to him in your car on the morning commute. You can also probably find a worship artist whose music is produced and sounds bigger and more full than what we do on a Sunday morning. You can do that on your morning commute too. Those will encourage you. I encourage you to do those. If you're doing those consistently, great. But here's what I also want you to know. That is not the same as when you gather in this space together. It's different. It's a different deal. Because we experience God differently inside the community of faith. So let me give you guys a challenge. As we head into the summer months, the weather's going to be great We live in Michigan, so we've earned it, right? (laughs) Weather's going to be fantastic. Maybe you have a place up north. Maybe you have a place on the lake. 
really looking forward and excited to your summer plans, allow me to challenge you. Don't give up coming to church. Don't give up meeting together as the family of God. It's important. It's important for you, and it's important for the people sitting next to you. We need each other. Now, let's continue on in our story. Let's pick it back up at verse 42. We're going to read through 45. It says, And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me, Elizabeth said. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. The older, wiser Elizabeth speaks. Filled with the Holy Spirit, she speaks words of excitement. She speaks words of truth. Now, the words she speaks, I want you to know, are not hyperbole. It's not like she just walked in and Mary just was kind of the recipient of all these flowery words and language. No, no, no. What's happening is the words that she's speaking have deep, deep meaning. There's truth in those words, and they are significant. You see, Elizabeth speaks words of truth to Mary's young heart. Consider for just a moment the power that those words must have meant to young Mary. Remember, Mary is a teenage virgin. And she just found out from Almighty God that she is, in fact, pregnant. Pause right there. Let that sit for just a moment. She's a teenager. She's a virgin. She's pregnant. Why? What's going on? God chooses her to bring the Messiah into the world. It's amazing. But it's also not hard to imagine that in this moment, Mary is confused. Mary probably is dealing with a lot of anxiety in this moment, and it's into these raw emotions that Elizabeth speaks words of life to Mary, words of encouragement, words that will build her up on the journey that lies ahead. Church, this shows us the second benefit Christ followers have when we do life in community. In relationship, we encourage one another. Believers encourage each other on the faith journey. Now, this isn't just true for two women in Jesus' life. You and I know that this is also true for you and me as we walk out our faith. As you and I get up in the morning and head into a work week, this is true for us today. Perhaps the need is increasing. You see, we need other believers to speak God's word to us when we are confused, when we are hurting, when we are anxious. Every study will tell you that we are more anxious today, that the next generation is more anxious today than at any point in history. This matters. 
So when we're confused, when we're hurting, when we're anxious, and even when we have doubts. And let me tell you something. Doubt is part of the faith journey. If you've heard otherwise, it's not true. Doubt is part of our faith journey. And so we need each other. You know, a couple months ago, Pastor Kevin left a note on my desk. And it reminded my heart and soul of exactly what we're looking at today. He told me that while I was out of the office for that day, an old friend of mine had called our church number looking for me. He gave me the name and the number. And I'm going to be honest with you, I couldn't believe it. I saw the name, saw the number. I was like, wow. The message was from a friend of mine who I grew up with up in Ludington. And this individual was instrumental in my coming to faith in Christ. We were very close during our teenage years. And then even into our 20s, we spent a lot of time together, taught consistently. But then ultimately, life's path was different for him and for me. We went to different areas of the country. And over time, we sort of drifted apart until I took that number and I called my friend. I'm going to give you one guess as to what happened next. We talked for hours. We talked for hours. It was amazing. Here's the reality. We've also talked a number of times since that first phone call. And it's not just superficial guy stuff. It's not like, hey, let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about football. No, I'm talking about real life stuff. We have encouraged each other on our faith journey. We've processed many difficult things that we have experienced in the journey uh, that we individually have had, but also things that we've shared. We talked about those things. We've processed those things together. And we've also prayed for each other. You see, reconnecting with my friend Rich has been a gift. It's been a spiritual gift because of what we're talking about. We need each other to encourage each other on the journey of faith. You see, it's that kind of spiritual friendship and relationship that a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote about in his classic book, Life Together. Many of you have heard me use this quote before. It's so good, I'm going to use it again. It says, the Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. That captures the idea that when I have doubts, when I have anxiety, when I'm confused, you can speak life to me. I can speak life into someone else. So White Lake family, let me ask you, who are these people in your life? Who are these people? A spiritual brother, a spiritual sister who will speak God's words of truth to encourage you on your path. Now let me be very clear about this. You need this. You need this. Every single person here needs what I'm talking about today. They're critical for us as we try to walk out our faith in a world that is very hostile to Christianity into the ways of Christ. So you know what we need to do? We need to pursue this. 
I'm not talking about just some Christians to hang out with. I'm talking about people who will speak words of encouragement, speak words of truth into your life. When you're struggling with confusion, when you're struggling with anxiety, these are the people we need in our lives. So seek them out. Perhaps it's a member of your immediate family. Ask them. Perhaps it's a member of your friend group. Ask them. Invite them in. Perhaps it's somebody who you're experiencing right now in your life group. You kind of have a connection, but you need to take the step of more intentional life together. Ask. Pursue. You see, the interaction that we find between Elizabeth and Mary helps us see that we need other believers who will speak words of encouragement and truth into our lives. The fact of the matter is, if you've been part of our church for any length of time, what I just said to you is not new information. You say, yeah, Pastor, I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. Let me ratchet it up a couple of notches. My directness might be a little different today. You need this. Pastor Kevin and I were talking this week. You know what you don't find in the New Testament? Lone Ranger Christians. There aren't any. People do life together in the body of Christ. You need this. You need this for your journey and someone else needs you. So where's all this leading? We see that in community, we see God differently. He's shown us different realities as we connect with other believers. We see that in relationship, we encourage one another. Where does all this lead? Let's look at the final portion of today's text. Pick it up at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown through strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring. And then Mary remained with her, with Elizabeth, for about three months and ultimately returned to her home. What is God doing in this moment and why does it connect with you and me? Nothing short of unfolding the redemptive plan that God has for our world. Nothing short of that. That's what's going on in this text. Let's examine the words that Mary speaks. Mary responds with praise for God's work in her life in the first portion of that text that we just read together. Responds with praise and acknowledgement of who God is. And then she invites all to fear God and experience his mercy. And then Mary, Mary points to the future. 
when the Messiah will come in power. That is the unfolding of God's redemptive purposes in the world. God is faithful. What we see here is that God is faithful to his promise of redemption for his people. See, in the promises that we read here, we know to be true. We have a little bit of a different perspective than Luke did in that moment because we view the world through the lens of the cross. We view this reality from the lens of the empty tomb. You see, for some 2,000 years after what Luke writes, we know what Jesus did. Born of a virgin, to give his life to save sinners like you and like me. But his life was not simply a martyr's death. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are the fulfillment of God's plan of redemption. That's what's going on here. It's the unfolding of God's redemptive plan. This is why John's gospel includes these famous words. Maybe you've heard it a time or two. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now that's where we stop most times. Let's keep reading. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, through Jesus. You see, it is Mary's words detailed to her family member that help us read Luke's gospel to see that it is in this relationship we clearly see the work of God in our lives. And it's in relationship you and I see God's plan unfold. We clearly see the plans of God as you and I live in relationship with one another. So church, I'm going to ask you that question one more time. Who are the Christ-centered believers in your life? Are they helping you see God in real, significant, fresh ways? Who are they? Are they encouraging you on your faith journey? And finally, are they helping you see God's redemptive plan for your life? You see, this is what God desires for all who would believe in him, Christ-centered community. Now, as I close our time together on Mother's Day, I hope that you see the story for what it is worth. God uses godly women to advance his mission in our world. And that you might see the importance of investing in and inviting others into your life so that you might experience true Christ-centered community for God's glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.